Dan, can you hear me now? Yes. Okay, great. I can hear you too. Uh, yes, I am here, but can you hear me? I can, I can hear you fine, man. Crystal clear. Okay, you're a little hot. Mm, I've heard that. Welcome to Trails to the Border podcast, a podcast where two entrepreneurs on two sides of a border talk about business, travel, and their love of nature. From Canada is James Anderson, and I'm Dan Moore from the United States. We're recording now. All right, all right. Gotta be, gotta be real serious now. Um, so Dan, what's going on? Tell me what's happening. How's how's America Day? July 4th, Independence Day. Before we launch into that, I would like to say happy birthday, James. Wow. It was your birthday last week. That's right. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was really good. Biked all around Whistler. It was beautiful, man. Really had a great time. It was about 33 degrees Celsius, which is a lot of Fahrenheit. Wonderful, wonderful day. So one year older, what's your, what's your objective for this year? Oh, man. Well, just like New Year's. Normally the things I talk about are like I got to read more, I got to work out more, and I got to eat better. Those are normally the things I try and focus on. But from a business perspective this year, I actually really am going to try and focus on my fitness. I think it's really important um, to keep your mind, you know, active and, and, and do some physically strenuous activities to re- sort of like get your blood flowing and just remind yourself that you can conquer big challenges I also have been coming up against like tough financial constraints recently with the business because when you're a business owner, it's really hard to determine how much you're going to actually pay yourself because mm-hmm. every time you take money out, you feel guilty that you are going to bankrupt your business. And, <laughs> you know, if you if you take out this much, is the business going to fail? And then is it all your fault for living this absolutely crazy lifestyle? Not that I live a crazy lifestyle. I live under the poverty line by all things considered, mm-hmm. but you always are, you know, I've always got this thing in the back of my head. So I'm trying this year to, to make sure that I'm, I'm, I'm getting over that because it's unrealistic to think about that in too long term. You know, those are my two things. what do you get up to? Yes. So you guys were fortunate to have Canada day on a weekend, right? Wasn't that on Sunday? It was on Sunday. And technically in Canada, under the Holiday Act, that means that Monday is actually a holiday as well. So got a long weekend out of it and had Canada Day on the Sunday. So you get like a day to sleep off the the party. That's amazing. Yeah, worked out pretty well. You guys are well prepared. (laughs) So for us, our holiday was on Wednesday. And I had uh, f- some friends from Germany visiting. So that was, uh, it's always cool to take international people out on a, a national holiday that they don't have. They don't, I don't think, are they even independent in Germany yet? Are they, I, I don't know. They do have July 4th, though, I was told. It comes right after July 3rd. Uh, yeah, that's nice. We, we, we just yeah. got rid of that. It goes July 3rd, then my birthday. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the way it should be. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Interesting. So when I picture July 4th, I basically think of all the pop culture that I've seen in my life. And it seems like people eat a lot of hot dogs and there's Mm. just American flags everywhere. Is that is that kind of how it was? My German friends who are visiting said nobody's wearing 
American flag gear. There were very few people wearing red, white, and blue. I had a uh, uh, America hat on because, you know, I like to represent my yeah. nation. You wore it last week on the podcast, buddy. I wear it all the time, actually. And I was observing with them. Most people were wearing, like, black and browns and, you know, typical gear that we wear here in the Northwest where we're all depressed. Uh, so there, there are American flags around, but it's not quite like, I think, some parts of the country. But it doesn't mean that we're not patriotic. We're actually very, very patriotic here. Mm. So on Canada Day, does everybody have Canadian flags and they're waving them all around? There are uh, a significant number of Canadian flags. You know, that this is just like a difference between the United States and Canada. In the United States, whenever I go there, I'm like, how on earth... Do people have this many flags in their life? Like, you know, in front porches, in front of businesses, banks, supermarkets, like everything. There's just just America everywhere. And it's not a bad thing. Like, it's beautiful. But in Canada, we don't really do that as much. You know, like you see the Canadian flag when you're like at the border with America, because we got to remind people that it's a different country. So, you know. You're coming into Maple Leaf land. And uh, you see it like in front of some big hotels where they're trying to remind people that they're somewhere new and and but yeah in day-to-day you you rarely see them i guess but um on canada it's a stark contrast you do see them all over the place and it's great mm-hmm. people drape them on their cars and you know it seems like all the um uh you know like sort of university crowd all the ladies are going to be wearing like that the uniform seems to be red shorts and white shirts like mm. uh, everyone is, is sort of really proud and getting into the spirit it's great. Then there's fireworks. You know, that's fascinating. Here's just one other thing that we are so assume. I mean, we're here. We, a motivation for our podcast is just to demonstrate to the world that, you know, just because our world leaders are tweeting back and forth to each other, uh, terrible things, uh, Canada, the United States, we're still we're still good friends. And here's another similarity. All you'd have to do is put a blue cap on and that person could have celebrated Fourth of July with us. It's it true, been, man. It's identical. Uh, so similar so similar but yet just not quite there Um, Uh, not quite there's something there's something very yeah there's uh it's a je ne sais quoi down in the states you guys just oh man you guys are so bilingual i love that about you (laughs) uh that's just one more difference aspect that I'm kind of analyzing these days is how to stay motivated. I have a huge list of things that I want to do when I listen to those podcasts that are sharing successful business people on how they did their business and they went through hard times, but they just kept it going. And I think to myself, I want to keep it going. I want to be a successful business person. I want to work hard, but it's that motivation piece that just seems to be especially more difficult as a solo entrepreneur. Mm. Wow. Well, you really tied this all together with the theme and the challenges of the week. Great work, Dan. 
So let's kind of brainstorm that. I'm sure that there's some other folks that are listening to this podcast that are either entrepreneurs themselves or they're planning to open up a business. They've just been waiting. What are some things that we can do to keep that fire burning? Yeah. So uh, a couple things that I like to do, I like to use a goal setting strategy where you, you know, focus on your big goals and then you try and break it down to subtasks of how you're going to get to that goal and make the subtask manageable. So like things that you could crank off, you know, in a, in a half day or a day uh, that will get you closer to that end goal. And then as new things appear on your to-do list, as they often do, evaluate whether this new thing that's going to come up is actually going to help you in any way to achieve your goal. And if it's not, that's low-level work, and that should be done after high-level work. You know, that's, that's for afternoons or things like that when you've, you've sort of got lower energy, lower focus, you just want to bang something off, you can you can do one of those lower level projects. But I, I like to focus like, you know, the majority of my workday, my most productive hours, which for me is like, from 9am to sort of 3pm on bigger value items. Um, another thing I really like is uh, listening to interviews, uh, podcasts with like successful entrepreneurs. Uh, one of my favorites is called How I Built This and NPR. Mm. Um, podcast and they interview all sorts of different entrepreneurs about uh, steps they've taken and their and their story. So whether it's you know, Chip Wilson from Lululemon or Brian Scudamore from One Eight Hundred Got Junk, they are both from Vancouver. Just so you know, a very very <laughs> successful incubator of successful businesses. So I find listening to their stories and their struggles is a great way to to keep myself motivated. Because whenever I come up to a struggle, I'm like, man, remember that point when chip wilson said he'd only made 36 grand a year for 12 years and then he had to take an exit and basically made no money i'm like okay at, at least i feel like i'm if the worst happens at least i'll be as good as brian scudamore was or sorry as chip wilson was halfway through his career I listened to that show as well. And of course, that's what I was thinking about when I was making the point that you listen to podcasts where entrepreneur, successful entrepreneurs talk about their story, their struggle. And, you know, of course, that's a dramatization of what of a true story. And I wonder what part about that. I mean, there's there's probably hundreds of people, thousands of people that try and fail or just kind of chug along slowly that don't make that level uh, do you think it's really fair to put yourself up against these big entrepreneurs and and hold yourself to that level, or is that exactly the level you need to hold yourself to if you want to succeed? Man, I think you got to shoot for the stars. Like, there's no reason why you can't be, uh, you know, the the biggest business in your industry if you want it. Uh, you you can you can you can have it. I I really do believe that. You know, luck luck plays a part, but luck often comes to those people who work unbelievably hard and have a, a solid track record of, of putting themselves out there and taking risks, calculated risks. And when you work exceptionally hard and you take calculated risks, luck just happens to appear. You've been listening to the Trails to the Border podcast.
how do you know when it's time to do something new? Um, when you're already, I mean, in a lot of cases, there's always more honing and perfecting and moving your current business up. But you've got, what's the term, serial entrepreneur. Is, is that something that should be uh, embraced or is it something that, that you need to be a little uh, put in check, have some balance, uh, have some borders around? Uh, you know, you, you can't constantly be jumping to the next shiny thing because uh, then you'll never finish anything, right? Uh, you have to have the self-awareness to look at projects and feel that when they've reached their a level of maturity that you're happy with, you know, and you can see either an, an exit of some form, like you can remove yourself from the business in a way. It doesn't mean like selling, but, but, but like exiting the day-to-day of the business and letting your management team uh, handle, you know, the day-to-day so that you can focus on the next thing. Maybe that's the time or, or maybe it's when you reach a certain financial goal. Uh, but it's, I think it comes down to a personal, uh, a personal decision with, with those things a lot of the time. Dan, you've got your own perspective as a solopreneur, and I'd love to hear from you how you've sort of bounced around from one project to the next, because you've, you've done many different things. And oftentimes I think it's tough for you to say exactly what you do. So I've been in in both worlds. I had a business for several years running an adventure travel company where I had a business partner. And we were very intimate day-to-day running the business. And we we started it right before the financial recession, um, and which was a a tough time to start a business in some respects. But it was also there were a lot of people excited about a business that wasn't going out of business because people like positive stories. Ha- having the opportunity to have someone that every day to bounce ideas off of, to hold people accountable to each other and to what we say we're going to do, to now going to a business where I'm on my own to some extent. You know, I've got my uh, people that help out on projects, but what I've discovered has been really important is to maintain a network of people. So mm. for a while I had a guy that uh, we we started this thing called Accountability Club because he was a solopreneur at that time. He and I would check in every week uh, and every other week we would have a Skype session and we would have a list of things that we would say that we wanted to get done. And the key here was something you were alluding to earlier. What are those high importance projects that you need to really dive in and invest in? And versus getting distracted with, oh, I'll just follow up with this email or this something that's going to be less important, but it's going to make me feel like I'm being productive. And so having this person to hold me accountable, similar to what a business partner would do, uh, and we actually had a a financial incentive, which I believe he still owes me. Um, (laughs) uh, uh, We had $10 for every task that we didn't complete in a week, and that would go towards a dinner fund. Ooh. Yeah, exactly. So there was motivation. Like ser- seriously, Sunday night I pulled all nighters just to get things done because I'm I'm very competitive when it comes to things like that. Wow, so it worked. Yeah, it worked for me, and I I, I need to do that again. Again, I I think there's this key, especially in a business like mine where I'm consulting, where I've got a lot more. Uh, work to be done on the business development side versus necessarily always completing projects Mm. that, you know, when you have a business where like a tour business, for example, which was my former company, that tour needed to go out the next day. I needed to have a guide on it. I needed to have a clean vehicle. I needed to have lunch ordered. I had third party vendors, maybe hotels or maybe whatever to deal with. It's a little bit more clear what your 
tasks are. Similarly, when I do a project, if I've got a client, I have here's what the project consists of, and, and then I, I run down the list to get it done. On the more business development, product development side, you know, there's a gazillion different ways that you could go there. And again, if you're focusing on just what's easy, you're probably not reaching that potential versus trying to challenge yourself. Okay, if I really want to get known in this space, I need to be writing an article every couple of weeks. I need to be doing a podcast. So I think those are the keys, really trying to figure out what it is that's going to get you staying focused on those high importance projects and high important tasks. I mean, one thing you brought up earlier, which I think is really key, I, I remember my music teacher in college saying that if you just wait for inspiration to strike, you're never going to write any music. And even then, when inspiration strikes, you're not going to have the skill set to be able to do anything with it. And you got to be flexing that creativity muscle. All the time. And, and he mentioned that Stevie Wonder, who is one of my musical heroes, who I love tremendously, he writes a song every day. And at, at the time that I learned this, uh, he was saying that Stevie Wonder wrote a song every single day. And are, every, is every one of those songs a hit, an amazing song? Is it going to make it to the album? Probably not. But the day that he gets that uh, inspiration and he's got the skills to write the song and, and crank it out. So you know, that's one of my motivations is just to keep staying strong, on not just getting what has to be done every day, but keeping a list of things that's going to move my business to that next level if I'm focusing on these aspects. Nice. You have been listening to Trails to the Border, a podcast where two entrepreneurs on two sides of a border talk about business, travel, and their love of nature. From Canada's James Anderson, from the United States, I'm Dan Moore. If you like what you're listening to, please subscribe to this podcast. You can subscribe on all major podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Speaking about music and our theme this week of staying motivated, I believe that music is an incredible tool for entrepreneurs to drive their businesses, whether it's to keep you cranking when you're up late, trying to complete a task, or to provide inspiration. I think music plays an important role. So that's why James and I like to share with you the music that's been important to us. James, what is a song that you'd like to share with us this week? The uh, song I chose this week was uh, Feeling Still. By Portugal the man. I keep my hands on myself. Pick up dust and more, put them back up on the shelf. Kiss my little baby girl as a knee. You know, it's a song that Brett and I listened to a lot as we were doing construction for Forged, and we actually had the chance to go see them in Vancouver.
And I recently listened to a, a podcast with them. They were interviewed, and the reason I wanted to especially bring it up for this podcast is because all three of the members of this band were actually from Alaska, and their families were involved in the uh, Iditarod dog sledding race. Hmm. And one of them grew up in this household with a hundred dogs, sled dogs, that were on property. So his chores would often involve feeding and wrangling all of these sled dogs. And I thought, what an adventure, man. Like, how do you transition from that sort of life in rural Alaska training for the Iditarod to literally being a rock star? I think that is probably one of the most stark transitions out there. Uh, Portugal, the man, feeling still. Well, good stuff, James. I'm definitely going to be adding that into the rotation this week. Thank you. Oh, and just to clarify, I believe it's Portugal, period, the man. Oh, okay. There you go. I actually didn't even know that. <laughs> I just looked it up, period, the man. I had no idea. <laughs> Dan, you're, you just know a little bit of everything. Eh? It's incredible. Well, band names are important, you know? Um, uh, they are, and... You know what else is important, Dan? Casper Mattresses. I'd just like to give them a big shout-out for sponsoring this week's show. You know, how'd we do last week? Uh, did you know, did no, we get any money from well, our... No from response our... yet, but I'm imagining they're on a 90-day payable system. So, uh, like, just, okay. just right. pulled off. I'm sure it's in the mail. You know, they're good for it. <laughs> Maybe now that we're... That you can find us on numerous... <laughs> podcast platforms after just one episode i mean if if only record contracts could work that way i would be a superstar right now oh man it'd be huge it'd be huge uh i imagine we'll be doing our first live show very shortly and uh where would we do it uh it would probably have to be in blaine washington because we'd have to do it right on the border i guess we could also oh you know where it'd be awesome where's that little tiny plot of America, of the United States, right, that you have to drive through Canada to get to it. It's uh, like port, port. I think they call that Alaska Dam. Well, there's that, of course. I love Alaska. <laughs> Shout out to Alaska twice in one podcast. No, it's Point Roberts. Point Roberts. Point Roberts. I, I, what a fascinating place. Little slice of America, just right there in Canada. Have you been there? No. Me neither. I'd like to go. It'd be fun uh-huh. to just take a tour. your plans for this summer will you be visiting any of your national parks well you know that is a very popular thing to do in the summertime in fact folks from around the globe come to the united states in order to visit our incredible national park system and yes they still exist and they're still open just here in washington state alone we have three national parks and i like to say four because i think mount st helens which is the volcanic national monument should be a national park because it's so incredible. Mm-hmm. We have like very interesting designations of different uh, ways to protect our land. The National Park is kind of the, uh, from their perspective, they would probably say that's the elite. It's a separate charter from the Congress that designates this plot of land. Many of them are large tracts of land like Olympic National Park or Mount Rainier National Park here in Washington State, mm. North Cascades National Park, which is one of the least visited but most amazing national parks here. 
And each one is a designation by the U.S. Congress to say that there's something of importance for heritage or ecological perspective or historical perspective, something that is important for the United States that this area stays protected in perpetuity, as they say. In Canada, do you guys care about nature? Oh, a little bit, Bob, a little bit, yeah. <laughs> do you have national parks, too? We do have national parks. And, oh. you know, the national parks actually have a very interesting history uh, because part of the reason that we created some of our parks, like Banff, for example, which you and I visited recently, Banff was, was created in a quest to get people to Western Canada and create, like, a recreation destination there. And they created one of the hotels. They created that hotel in a partnership with the railroad. And it was mm. sort of the super luxurious railroad hotel so that people would have a reason to go west to, to recreate. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. A big problem that we have sort of nationally is that visitation of the less popular national parks is just on a steady decline. Mm. Um, it's tough to get people out there. But since we just had Canada's 150th, People got all these free park passes, and we're doing it again this year. There's free park passes for basically oh, really? anyone in Canada. They can get a little fob for their car. So, yeah, no cost to uh, to enter, which is great. I hope it does increase visitation. Yes, we have plenty of people going to national parks here in the United States, especially international visitors uh, love to visit our national parks. But as you would imagine, most people go to just the first little bit of a park and there's tons and tons of space that is rarely visited and which I think is a, not a terrible thing but it's also a great thing to for people who want to get out there and get off the beaten path a little bit to to remember that once you get outside of the visitor centers and the parking lots and just get on a trail and and get a little ways from things you can often be out in the middle of nowhere with nobody around you which is pretty amazing feeling to have it certainly is what other parks? What what about in British Columbia? Where should people go? Ooh, the, the Gulf Islands Park is mm. absolutely incredible. So I would uh, I definitely encourage people to to check that one out. That's one of my one of my personal favorites and 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 less visited because it's on the islands. And those are right off right off the coast of Vancouver Island. You got it. Yeah. So that's that's a really interesting sort of region. Uh, it's got a really interesting climate and lots of arbutus trees, which. I believe in America are called the what 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 are called arbutus trees. Oh, arbutus. Yeah. So you you have that thick Canadian accent that I sometimes uh, <laughs> you know have to go through my translation uh, app on Google oh, to. Uh, uh, <laughs> we call them the Pacific Madrone. The Pacific Madrone. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So. What would you say differences between our two park systems? Same idea or different feeling altogether? You know, same idea, but I think there is this level of pride in the United States of your national parks that I feel like we don't even, we don't get as much here. Like we almost take it for granted a little bit more because we have so much crown land. Whereas in the United States, uh, you know, it's a little bit more developed, a little bit more densely populated. So I think you really do cherish your parklands, which I think you know, I love the attitude of just being so proud of the things that you've protected, whereas I'm not sure. Like I said, the visitation's down with ours. I'm not, I think we've kind of lost that a little bit. Well, is it perhaps that 
like 93.8% of Canada is completely uninhabited. Yeah. I mean, you have so much territory of just expansive wilderness. It's incredible. Yeah, that might be it, man. That might be it. But I guess I just wish that people really did value our, our parks in the same way. Yeah. And, and just because it's un, uninhabited doesn't mean there's no infrastructure. You know, there's a lot of logging and, and industry mm. happening in a lot of those places. So the protection is needed. National parks are definitely needed. And it, it's yeah. great. You know, the more that we can do, the better. Mm-hmm. Interesting. What do, what do you see the differences from your perspective? Well, I mean, I think that just everything in Canada has this air of being just with your maintaining your relationship with the Commonwealth and the United Kingdom. Everything has this air of majesty that's even makes it seem more impressive in that respect. Ours is like this down home frontier, rustic, Smokey the Bear type mentality. When we go to a national park, everyone, it's just like, look, kids, it's the national park. And it seems like in Canada, when you go to a national park, it's like, look, kids, it's the national Wow, that's interesting. <laughs> I, you know, I do find the smoking the bear stuff freaking hilarious. But I know. Yeah, it's it's a, it's an interesting difference. Uh, and of course, it goes down to like state parks and municipal parks and provincial parks for us. And um, you know, it's 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 interesting to see the differences and how they're managed. Um, Dan, James, anything you want to add in cross border right now? Or um, you know, I, I did pull an article that I thought was kind of funny. Uh, you mentioned earlier that our leaders are saying some terrible things about each other. I don't know yes, whether uh, just just brutal. I don't know whether we're throwing a lot vicious. Of to be honest, from this end, but um, you know, it's, it's, oh, <laughs> let's not get into a fight here. This is all about getting along here. <laughs> but uh, an interesting time to 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 say nothing more about it. But uh, it looks like, unfortunately, consumer prices are going up on both sides of the border. <laughs> Wait. Wait, you mean we're all going to suffer from this? Unfortunately, it looks that way. Oh, jeez. You guys already pay less for so many things than we do anyway, so... Really? We'll, Why is that? We'll deal with the brunt of it. You just got to... Why would we pay less? You just have a big-ass economy, man. You've got uh, oh. 10 times the people, and um, yeah. and, and your GDP per person is just higher, you know? Like, you guys buy oh. more stuff. You guys love buying stuff. It's great. That's true. Yeah, yeah we do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's great. That's great. Dan, I think that's a great way to, to end this week's episode. All right, brother. Dan, you're the best, man. That was fun. Good checking in with you. You too, buddy. Have a good week. We'll talk to you soon. Bye bye. All right. Bye. Give me one goal for yourself, and then if you haven't done it by next week, I'm going to charge you 10 <laughs> I'm going to have to spend $10 at Forged. <sighs> I love it, man. And, re- and and remember, that's $10 U.S. dollars. That would make payroll. That would make payroll. <sighs> that would be incredible, man. Wow, yeah, bring those greenbacks our way. And, uh, Dan, that's a perfect way for me to segue we just launched our online store shop.forgedax.ca get that sweet forge merch for you another serious sponsor of the show
Well, that's what's going to keep the fire burning in me is just knowing that that we're going to go out there, kick some butt, and, and do something that's going to be positive, make, make a difference yeah. in the world.